say that I'm a little bit concerned about you guys. First service, when we announced Wednesday night, there was a round of applause. And it was just Brian doing a golf clap this morning. So. I don't know. I don't know if you guys are saved. Um, so I found out something interesting this morning. It's Super Bowl Sunday, apparently. You know, I was not aware of that. I thought it was next week. You can see how much I care about these things. Go team. <laughs> That's right. I know one of the teams is playing in there. I don't who, who are the Kansas City and who else? Okay. Oh. Tampa Bay and Boo, apparently. Okay. You can see my uh, my parents really raised me in, um, with a deep appreciation for sports. And Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, Lord, and um, we're just so grateful that we can gather together and, and worship and, and enter into your presence, Lord. We're grateful for fellowship and for your word, just all the blessings that you give us, Lord. And we pray that you would continue just to, to bless your people, to meet us where we are. We ask that in your name, Jesus. Amen. Um, those of you guys who our history buffs, you remember on December 7th, 1941, the Japanese moved against Pearl Harbor there in Oahu. They brought in a fleet of 33 ships, including six aircraft carriers, some 360 aircraft, um, and they attacked Pearl Harbor at 7.55 a.m. In that attack, four... U.S. aircraft carriers were sunk. Some 18 um, ships were either sunk or destroyed. 170 um, planes were destroyed. Some 3,700 uh, U.S. servicemen perished. Now, on that day, you remember the president called it the, uh, the day that will live in infamy. And that's the day that, that we entered World War II. On that same day, Winston Churchill is quoted as, as being very grieved, very sad for the American people, but he said something to the effect of, now we will win the war. You know, realizing that the Japanese moving against the United States, basically it, it changed the course of the war, right? It changed the course of, of history. And as we get into the word this morning, we're going to look at another event that that changed the course of history probably even more radically. It changed Europe even more radically than, than, than that attack on Pearl Harbor did in 1941. As we get into Acts chapter 16, you remember that the Acts chapter 15, it ended with that little breakup, right? It ended with the uh, termination of that bromance between Paul and Barnabas. And um, remember, they divided over John Mark and whether he should be a part of their second missionary journey. You remember that on their first missionary journey, somewhere along the way, John Mark abandoned the team and went home. And so remember, as they're setting out on their second journey, Barnabas, the, the son of encouragement, he, he uh, 
wanted to take John Mark along with him. And Paul, remember, says, uh-uh. He abandoned us last time. Right? He kind of basically said, you know, fool me once, shame on you. He said, I'm not, I'm not falling for that again. And so remember that, that disagreement, that, that division arose, and it ended up breaking up this ministry team. And we saw John, Mark, and Barnabas head off for the island of Cyprus. And so Paul, remember, he teams up with Silas. And remember, we introduced to Silas last week. He was one of the leaders of the church there in Jerusalem. And remember, Silas is one of the guys who went back to Antioch with Paul and accompanied the letter that Peter and James had written to, to the church talking about the, the, um, what they expected of the Gentile church. And so we learned that, that Silas was a Jewish believer, that he was a prophet, and we're also going to see that he was a, a Roman citizen. And so he was similar to Paul in those regards. Because they were both Jews, they had access to the synagogues as they traveled around. And because they were Romans, they had a, a degree of legal protection afforded them that a lot of people didn't have. And you may know that, that during that time period, within the Roman Empire, the, the, the overwhelming majority of the people were not Roman citizens. It was a very small percentage of the population that actually had citizenship. And because they were citizens, they, they, had, they had a right to a trial if they were arrested. They weren't allowed to be arrested unjustly. They couldn't be crucified. They had a number of different protections. And so if you were born to Roman parents, you were automatically a Roman citizen. Or if you served in the military, after you retired from the military, you, you got to retire as a Roman citizen. Or if you were a, if you were a person of wealth and, and affluence, if you were a person of resources, you could purchase your citizenship. But we see that both Paul and Silas were born Roman citizens. And, and apparently... Those who either purchased their citizenship or earned their citizenship, they, they were Roman citizens, but they were sort of second tier almost, right? They were sort of looked down by, by those who were born Roman citizens. You know, I've talked about this before, how, how my wife and I, you know, we have two passports. We have a, a U.S. passport and we have a Belizean passport. We, we have dual nationality. 